0: Casting you live from the Badlands of Texas, 360 degrees around the earth, from Southern Australia all the way to Northern Ireland, although I don't see anybody from Southern Australia representing right now. You are listening, or by golly gumdrops, you are watching, filmed in front of a live YouTube audience, Midnight Radio, I am your host, Gerald Schmemitz. So glad to see you guys here again. We're kicking it up again, something called Mornings with Midnight. So we are recording right in the morning. And after the show, I'm going to be headed over to our radio stream to guide you as you're driving on your way to work. Just give me about 20 minutes or so to get my music ready. And then we're going to shoot off like a bullet in the radio waves. There are some people listening to us right now on the radio stream. And to them, I would like to say, go! land. Oh, it's night where you are. I'm still saying hello. Saying hello to Sweden, guys. All right. I got some stories to go over tonight. Morning. Morning and night. But I do. Uh, I've got updates to some of the things I went over last night. And uh, just so you know about the schedule change. Actually, first of all, let me thank our executive producer, Lady Lisa. Lady Lisa, she's probably not awake this Early, But actually, I, I do know that she does wake up this early. So thank you to Lady Lisa. The comment section is open. The phone lines are wide open. 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. I've got some some updates to some of the stories we had last night. Particularly the one about... And I want to say her full name, Alice Navarro. I have an update to Alice Navarro story. I'm going to replay the original video of where she went in. Good morning, Dragonfly in the chat room. Glad you could be here. Tell all your friends. Morning's with midnight again. I got an update to the Navarro story. How did, how did I get it overnight? Well, it seems like a news reporter who has, you know, been talking to the police there and Arizona appeared on BBC last night, called in and told them what they know about the story. So we're going to go over that right here very soon. Actually, let's go over it now. And you're going to see the original video of her talking to who? her mother. Let's check this out. Let's check it out right now. And then we're going to give you the update that we got from the BBC.
1: Did anybody hurt you in any way? No, no
2: one
3: hurt
1: me. Okay, because, you know, our goal is, we just want to make sure that you're safe.
3: I I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I understand that.
0: This part is bleeped out.
3: Thank you very much for talking with us. Of course.
0: All right, I'm going to look at this again. Um. I want you to look at it too guys because there's something to be said with body language here now the body language that she has might be different because she she's high functioning autistic high on the spectrum they say and I don't know maybe some of you do I know that we have people that know more about that than me here in the audience
1: thank you thank you for offering help to me. Yes, ma'am. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Now, the reason why she went in the police station is so she could get off the list, so she could get a driver's license and become, you know, a regularly functioned citizen, okay? All right, I'm going to play this again. So what am I seeing here? Okay, we're seeing this phone. I see another phone recording this phone. I see what looks like a wallet with a badge in front of it on top of the phone that's being charged. I'll play this one more time. We're going to go over the story. I'll recap it for those of you that don't know.
1: Did anybody hurt you in any way? No, no one hurt me. Okay, because, you know, our goal is we just want to make sure that you're safe.
3: I, I don't, I don't. I don't um, I understand that. Thank you very much for talking with us.
1: Of course. Thank you. Thank you for offering help to me. Yes, ma'am. We'll talk to you soon.
0: So she did not go there. She didn't escape from her kidnappers or whatever is the case. Hello, Lead with Love. Good morning. All right, so let's go over this case, what we know, and what broke last night. Jose R. Gonzalez, a reporter with the Arizona Republic, was interviewed by Stephen Nolan on BBC's The Nolan Show to discuss details surrounding a teenage girl's disappearance from, from Glendale in 2019 and miraculous reappearance this week. Alicia Navarro was 14 at the time she went missing. The now 18-year-old walked into a police station in Montana on July 22nd and told authorities she had been missing and wanted to clear her status, police said in a statement. Gonzalez called into the news radio show Sunday evening from Phoenix at 4.30 p.m. as well as Night Owl listeners in the U.K. tuned in at 12.30 a.m. to listen to Gonzalez's commentary on Navarro's disappearance. And you can find it aired episodes on the BBC website, but it's not on there yet. Here's everything we know about the disappearance. Navarro was first reported missing in September 2019 when she was 14 after leaving a note in her bedroom saying she was running away and would return home soon. I got more information about the fight between her and her captor slash boyfriend or whatever the case is. All right, I'm looking at the chat room. They say some very interesting things. Saying they got different vibes on the morning show, or maybe they're talking about this case. I think if she could get the words out, she would say, I don't want to see my mom. And maybe she did. It's not that she couldn't get the words out. They had the words. um, They turned down the volume so we couldn't hear for sure. All right, continuing here. At the time she was reported missing, she attended a Catholic high school in Phoenix, Arizona. Her mother, Jessica Nunez, says school was not an easy concept for Alicia in part due to her diagnosis as high functioning on the autism spectrum. Nunez explained at the press conference on the one-year anniversary of her disappearance that her daughter was warming up to the school and the friends she made in her classes. She also spoke of a day they spent together days before she disappeared where Navarro appeared really happy that day. She was described as an active gamer with Nunez saying she would come home after school and interact with her friends online through text messages and online video game services such as Minecraft. On September 15th, 2019, Navarro asked her mom what time she was going to bed. At some point, between Nunez, went to sleep and woke up the next morning. The morning Alicia left, she left a handwritten note in her bedroom saying, I ran away. I I will be back. I swear. I'm sorry, Alicia. She brought with her a cell phone and a silver Apple MacBook, but made no communication attempts with her friends and family. What in the hell? what the hell's going on guys she brought with her a cell phone and a silver apple macbook and they couldn't track her with that very odd did she never turn them on that's the only way they wouldn't be able to track her you can see the note right there it says i ran away i will be back i swear i'm sorry alicia very quickly written very hasty Alicia's mother, Jessica, has expressed concern over the years that her daughter may not have been, may have been abducted, likely by someone she became acquainted with through online game. This is what we're thinking, too. Here's a problem. Every chat log, let's look at what we really know, and there's a lot we're not being told, of course. Every chat log from a video game is recorded. You can go back and read all of that. Every MacBook and every Apple product can be tracked. So what don't we know here? I mean, the mother thinks, the mother thinks, the mother thinks. There's no thinking. They can get that entire chat log and read exactly what's going on. And I know that for a fact. Almost four years later and a few months away from her 19th birthday, Navarro walked into a police station in a small Montana town this last week and asked to be taken off the missing children list. Officials said she went with them of her own free will and identified herself to police after a dna test police confirmed her identity authorities said she showed up at the montana police station alone and did not require medical attention and two short videos recorded during a facetime call let me see if i can get that story and maybe there's more they said two short videos i've only seen one they're only showing me one In two short videos during a FaceTime call that police released, Navarro told investigators that she'd not been hurt in any way, but they also cut information out of that. In the first video, investigators reassure her they just want to ensure she is safe. In response, Navarro with closed eyes stutters as she tells officers that she understands in the second video investigators thank her for talking to them and Navarro calmly thanks them for offering her help. Okay. They're talking about the two were posted together and they cut out the middle. Nunez has been working tirelessly for years to find her daughter. Sent a video posted on Facebook that she does not know the details of the recovery, but would confirm the young woman was alive and well as comments poured in support of the miracle reappearance. What happens now? Currently, both Navarro and Nunez are asking for privacy as they process this major breakthrough in the case. At this time, there there are no imminent or pending charges against anyone in relation to the case, said the lead investigator, Lieutenant Scott Waite. Police said Navarro is still in Montana as of Thursday and is cooperating with police. They said she was in good spirits and is very apologetic for what she put her mother through over the past few years. The department said in a news release that they would be working with federal authorities to investigate her whereabouts since since she was reported missing. Okay, now here's the rest of the story. Okay, now here's a mother mother pleading to for everybody, all you guys. Are you true crime sleuthers to leave them alone? Uh, I do want to let everybody know that the phone line is now open if you want to call me and discuss this case or any of the other cases we're about to go over. And we're also going to hear more from uh, Rex von Kitterman, the Gildo beach killer. We're going to hear more from him. All right, from the chat room we got this. I want to know how long they resided in Glendale, Arizona and if they were from Sinaloma and if they were FLDS at one time. A good question. They are disruptive. I'm in Canada and we are in a nightmare with this PM of ours destroying our country. Amen. All right, going back to this case. Check this out. All right, let me play this video again. This is of her mom making an emotional plea. Now, she says that. The reason why she put out this video is because she has personally been attacked and I saw uh, people talking about, well, maybe the problem was with the parents and she ran away. And I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe that's possible. it's damn sure true that people think that and maybe they were being vocal about that let's play this mom's a plea for you guys to leave her alone and me too and then we were going we're gonna go into the part where alicia and her boyfriend or whoever it is she lives with were fighting in their front yard
3: i just want to make a statement i wrote this down i'm gonna be reading out of the statement that i made I'm making this video to let everybody know how much I appreciate the support you have given Alicia and me over the last four years. I could never have kept going without all of your love, help, and well wishes. I can't even put into words the amount of gratitude I have for you all. But now that Alicia, now that we know Alicia is alive, I have to ask one more favor of you. I know you want answers, and I do, too. But the public search for answers has taken a turn for the dangerous. I have been harassed. My half, my family has been attacked all, all over the Internet. The public has gone from trying to help Alicia to doing things like trying to show up to her house and putting her safety in jeopardy. So I beg you, please, no more TikToks. No more reaching out to Alicia or to me with your speculations or questions or assumptions. This is not a movie, this is our life. This is my daughter. I love her more than anything in the world. And I think I have shown you that. My job has always been to protect her. And just as I never gave up on her before, I won't stand for the treatment of, of her now, for this is my statement. There is an ongoing investigation, and I'm begging you to move on.
0: I hate to tell her, I don't think that's going to happen, although I do feel for the lady. All right, let's continue here. I told you the background behind this. All right, here we go. I want to tell you guys what has been going on in the background, why this mother put this out. Uh, People around the world are pissed off. I've seen them talking about this in every continent now. And you know what? The neighbors are fed up, too. And here's what happened. Residents in the Montana neighborhood where Navarro had most recently been residing said the FBI quickly established a stakeout of her building before closing in with armed officers, three Harvard police cars pulled up out of the building and they all got out with guns and drawn and went into the apartment. Neighbor Ron Turner told the post recalling, The FBI agents with assault rifles and bulletproof vests joined the raid last Wednesday. Turner said the agents brought out a man out of the house, cuffed, and that they put him in a police car and they left fairly quickly. I'd say five to 10 minutes later, they bring this girl out. They brought this girl out and I told my wife, oh man, they don't, that don't look good. She looks really young. Little did I know she was legal age, but she sure didn't look it turner's a retired land surveyor and he said she seemed fine when she first came out then she covered her eyes like this for a while cupping his eyes with both hands at one point turner said officers entered the house with evidence gathering kits." she covered her whole eyes like this with her head down she was crying the guy got taken away but by the time she came out officers were talking to her he added they were talking to her and they they're They were over there maybe three minutes, and she hung her head and covered her face like this. Apparently, that really disturbed him. Police said Friday that a man was detained and questioned in connection to Navarro's disappearance. Though it's unclear whether it was the same individual she had shared the Harvard apartment with. Navarro claimed she was okay after she identified herself to police last week, even thanked them offering to help me, but have insisted that she is being treated as a victim. But police have insisted she has been treated as a victim. Okay. To us, she is a victim and we need to provide services to her. He added that she was unharmed and required no medical attention when she came in. All right. I'm going to read the comments after I say this. So not only did they took him out, they put him back in. They let him go. He's back in that apartment complex. And there are uh, true crimers, YouTubers, not only that, but, I mean, there's there's more true crime YouTube pod, or podcasts than there are stars in the sky, it seems like, and they're all hovering around this apartment complex along with the neighbors. And they have a camera pointed at that door at all times after they let the guy out for whatever reason. We don't know. We don't know if this is a guy that was involved in her disappearance or if that was five guys ago. We don't know. It's been a while, right? But we do know that they got in a bad fight when he got let out. When he was let out, maybe he didn't know that she went to get a driver's license. Maybe there's reasons she went to do that, that we don't know yet. We don't know anything, right? Of course, you know, and, I'm not going to stop talking about this. And whenever I find something new out, uh, I'm going to talk about it. I don't care what anybody tells me. That being said, I do not feel like it's all right to contact the family. And I do not feel like it's all right to go to the apartment that she lives in trying to talk to her or trying to get video of the person. I don't, I don't think that that's okay. But if that was my child... I would go through the damn wall of the apartment complex and find out what's going on. This mother's not doing that. And I'm not saying she's wrong for that, but I want to know why. That's why. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And we're going to know sometime. We're going to talk about it. Let's read these comments as we like to do and see what other people got to say about it. You can join us here in the chat room, or you can call in 325-261-0892 on the Midnight Line. Talk to Mr. Schmimmens live. All right, here we go. Where is Alicia staying now, is what someone's asking in the chat room. She is still with the guy in the apartment complex. Do we know how long they resided in Glendale, Arizona? We do not know. All right. Comments. This is by Dick. Come on. She's a special needs kid with autism. I counseled them. Even high functioning. They have a different perception of their parents, peers, and people in general. Their interests are specialized and communications can be very difficult. So until she feels comfortable talking, we may never know her motive for running away, but the adult that was her so-called caretaker should be investigated and held responsible for harboring a minor. Well, she's almost 19. Parents of similar kids ought to make a big deal out of giving them a present of a wristwatch or end phone that has a tracking function just makes sense. And Vince says, spend a year in Harv one night. That is not a destination town. One only ends up there as a result of being taken by another familiar with this location. Safe Harbor says, something about the story still remains a mystery. Snazzy Hat says, I'm interested in hearing details before I make a judgment. This guy may be a predator that deserves the worst punishment, or he might be someone that tried to help without knowing the full background of this girl. She obviously came and went as she pleased, so this doesn't make sense from a kid. Exactly right. This might be, he might have seen her at at a... a uh, bus station or something and she needed help. This is a person that might have helped her and not the original one she left with. You know, the one that she left with might have been some uh 35-year-old pervert or something. And then she I don't know, we don't know. And this guy is somebody different. We don't know yet. Although the mother says your people being interested is putting her in danger now after the neighbors saw her fighting with this man after the FBI let him out. They got an argument in the front yard of the apartment complex. That's fact. So maybe he just found out who she is the whole time. I don't know. Continuing along, there's so much we don't know. We're waiting for you guys to come here and discuss it with us because that's what the show is. It's a conversation with you. Now, wouldn't you like to have a conversation with a Gildo beach killer's wife? Well, I got video of her and the family right now. We're going to talk about it. New video. You guys see that? This is a family. He was a, oh, I got someone on the line. Midnight Caller line. This is Gerald. Who am I speaking with?
1: This is Lead With Love.
0: Hello, Lead With Love. How yeah. are you this fine morning?
1: Actually, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, I, I don't call in very, very often to anyone. I know. This Thank one, you. This one has a little bit of special interest for me. I worked in a prison in Arizona, a sex offender prison. Mm-hmm. And we had... A couple of kids in there. I mean, there were 19. Okay, I'm I'm 66, so I call people kids that are adults. But we had a couple of adults in there that were in there only because they came here as immigrants and not necessarily illegal. They came here were with a 14 year old because they were 14, 15, 16. It's not um thought of as a really big deal you know for some some people in other countries to have a relationship and then when they broke up the mother put them in prison for being with their 14 year old and just something just struck me that there could be some other dynamics in this whole situation plus there's a, a lot of FLDS up there by that, by that Havre town.
0: So for those that don't know, what does FLDS stand for?
1: Uh, It's Fundamental Latter-day Saints. It is not the the actual Mormon church in Salt Lake City, but it's the polygamist
0: group. Okay. So those are the uh, ones that believe that... In the fundamental of You're the, Mormon, to have more, yeah. the Book of Mormon and not with the laws of the land.
1: And uh, Yes, yes, absolutely. And there, there is many of them that come from a town in Sinaloa to the United States and migrate up to Canada or Montana, which is right by Canada.
0: Now, this isn't something you've so. said, but how, how do you think that the FLDS and the beliefs could could have anything to do with this case you think you're you, um, are you but, thinking that possibly maybe she could be one of many wives or was when she left originally
1: her mom and, and family may have this is a really speculation big right. time speculation yeah. but it's it's a vibe i'm getting mm-hmm. because i've seen this before what, Seen that, like that
0: young girl leaving i've
1: seen, yep young girl leaving Nobody can find her, but she went up to either Canada or Montana, sometimes Idaho. But usually, they take them as far away as possible, and it's because they are they are brainwashed into that church.
0: We do know that she I, comes did, from a Catholic background. We do know that, so she wasn't a part of. Oh, we do.
1: Okay, th- that we do. Okay, know. well, yeah. Her, Not that that her makes heart, any difference. You know, Yeah, she could have easily have have been um, part of her family in one and part of the other.
0: That's possible. But
1: that's weird speculation. The other thing I think is she could have just run away with a boyfriend that she felt entitled to have.
0: That's what the mother thought. That's what we were all thinking. Um, But... Whoever this is, she got in a fight with, or they verbal altercation, you know, verbal fight, when he was released by the FBI, and that's why the mother is saying, hey, guys, leave us alone. She, you're putting her in danger. So that makes me think that whoever this is who was reported in his early 20s, between 22, 23, maybe 24, that he is is the person that she left with yeah of course all of this is speculation yeah. right now what are some of the other things yeah really I, but I'm I, I'm
1: embarrassed that I'm even saying all this and because it's stuff uh, that I would usually just keep in my brain don't say it because I don't like it but you had a small group of people here tonight so I took a chance
0: <laughs> well there were some other things that you were talking about too you were saying that other than LDS there were some vibes you were getting and of course this is me in- encouraging you to have some wild speculations, but that's what we do here. We're not saying this is a truth. Nobody go out and attack anybody. We're just talking about it. So what are some of the other things that you think are maybe involved in this? And again, this is wild I, mean, wild I, wild d- I do know
1: her are- mom speaks excellent Spanish. She's definitely a native Spanish speaker. And you know, that would indicate to me that she, May have been, you know, an immigrant at one, one point because she's her Spanish is that really amazing. She that's her native language. So, in in Mexico, kids couldn't be married at 14, it's there's no law against being together at you know, a 14 and an 18 year old, just as long as the parents say it's okay. True. So, that could you know, they could have moved up here and then followed there's another situation that's kind of funny my daughter had a friend in high school who her father took her to mexico and left her with her grandparents um uh that guy with the big mustache that used to be on fox news what's his name we go um what's that that guy that Nobody uh, likes Gerardo him. Garib- on-
0: Geraldo
1: Rivera. Rivera. Okay. Geraldo Rivera went to Mexico and got my daughter's friend back from Mexico. And she didn't want to go back with her mother. Oh. So like, there's all kinds of dynamics because a lot of times grandparents raise their kids. while the, um, while the parents come up here, get jobs, you know, get over the border, get jobs and send money home. So you could have been, even she might've got swooped up by her own family.
0: There's so much we don't know right now. Do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it's it's right to assume that this is a predator to human trafficking situation, you know, leave the kid alone for a little bit.
0: Right. Well, statistically speaking, uh, human trafficking is one of the number one industries in America. It makes about as much as Coca-Cola does. Yeah, and
1: there are not too many places you can sell a kid in a town that has a
0: population
1: of, you know, how many.
0: Let me ask you this. What I just stated about human trafficking and the money it generates is a fact. So it doesn't make as much as Walmart, but it makes about as much as Coca-Cola, all right? So let's put that in perspective. When you go out in town, um, you see, what, five people? That means out of five people, two people... Are involved in human trafficking in some way? Do you believe that? If we
1: believe the statistics, no, I don't actually. I believe that um, most most abuse starts from a relative or a family friend. Um, that new movie that just came that's, out that's I really and, got problems again. That's
0: that. two and five. That's two and five. People, you yeah,
1: don't, that part I believe. don't realize. Yeah, but the. the Now in Oakland, where I'm I'm from the Oakland area. Definitely there's kids being trafficked. You know, like we used to see um, them straight on the streets. Now they use the apps and all that kind of stuff. There used to be a a street in Oakland where they'd just be walking, walking the strip. And, you know, Oakland is such... An under police town that <laughs> they never did did much to save these kids.
0: The number of um, the number of children that are missing is staggering. It's, it is. It's like not what like a hundred thousand.
1: The number of missing persons.
0: Uh, what, let's, let's pull that never right get,
1: Yeah, it's 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 staggering, and, and the fact that we concentrate all of our energy on one person here and there is, is pretty, pretty sad too. I think if we divide it into sections of the country and concentrated on places that we could actually do more helping and good, it might be a better way to deal with them.
0: It's also staggering. You're right. It's staggering the amount of people that are missing and it's staggering that, um, they only catch what about 30% or 40 30% of the murderers that murder somebody.
1: I mean th- this girl, she had a phone in it and a and a, and a computer. So I would assume that her mother had was paying the bills for these things cuz she was 14. Wouldn't they have had access to all of her, you know, outgoing communication before her, she turned up missing?
0: The problem is we don't know what all they had access to, but we do know we're not getting all the information. She took her phone with her. Yeah. And I'm and not hearing she anything about it, so did she? I'm not hearing anything about pings. Even a phone turned off pings. They don't want you to know that, but it's absolutely true. A turned off phone pings, that's why they have a GPS and a radio chip in there. And this isn't conspiracy, it's true. Uh and also no. so so do iPads. And they're not talking about that. So why couldn't they have gotten her sooner? Maybe once she got to where she was going, she ditched him. But also they're they're saying they think that she might have, the mother said, gone with the person she was chatting with. Well, they have all those chat logs. It's not like they can be deleted. So there's questions. They
1: can see everything that they were talking about.
0: Of course, it's none of our business, so they're not telling us. If there ever is a trial, it's going to be covered. And, you know, the person or people that were involved in or is she just going to we'll be swept under the rug? You know, maybe it's not this guy. Maybe he was involved with something larger and that's what they're getting at. I don't, we don't know.
1: Yeah. Or it could have just been a boyfriend. Some of the girls at 14 do run away. And I know, when I was, when I was a youngster, that was not, not uncommon. I mean, not weird, you know, but people were getting married at that age when I was,
0: that age mm-hmm. i know i wanted to run away uh, when i was that age for sure
1: i did a couple of times there you go you know i used to run away to san francisco so i could go to a concert and then i couldn't figure out what i was going to do to be able to get back to my bed <laughs> without getting the ass whooping
0: yeah thank you for yeah, coming this- i appreciate oh
1: you're it. welcome you're welcome yeah all right, have a have a good night. Uh, Thanks too. for letting me call
0: in. Sorry, bye. If you'd like to call, in, the phone number is 325-261-0892. All right, so talking to the chat room now. I want to say hello to Stellar Star and Boss Maca. He's got a good point there. Maybe she was, what happened? Maybe she was on Native Reservation land. That's possible. Maybe she was hidden there sometime. Who came to get her? She's, we went over that earlier. She's still there in Montana. She hasn't left. She's still living with a person that the FBI came and took away. The FBI dropped him back off, and then they got in a verbal altercation in front of the apartment complex that they both live in. They live there for 12 months now. and then, um, And then the mother made a statement saying, Leave her alone. You're making it dangerous for her where she's at. This is all we know. She's about to turn 19 years old. She's on the other side of 18. So this, again, this is what we know. She looks to me, I don't know if it matters. We were talking about upbringing and uh, heritage. She seems like she's mixed to me, half Hispanic and half Caucasian, but I don't know if that matters. Somebody's saying it would be good to at least know his age. Uh, the reports I originally got did give an age for him being in his early 20s. So, how many of you guys have been uh, following the Gildo Beach Killer? I say Gildo, not out of disrespect for the victims, but when I say Gilgo with my accent and the tone of my voice, it sounds like Gildo, and everybody giggles. So I'm just going with it.
3: Um, hi, Miss Sorry, but want to take I understand. I, you know, I was talking to one of your friends, on the seller a long-time friend, and she wanted to put together maybe a GoFunds for you. Would that be something of interest? Would that be helpful? Okay. I actually. Um, Okay,
0: I'm going to actually reach out. Okay, thanks. All right. So it's not exactly as it was reported by News Nation, is it? All right, I want to thank Kimberly Bay. She did the quick Google search I wasn't able to do because I'm on a live broadcast. A quick Google search reveals 460,000 children are reported missing each year. I don't know if that's all in America or or everywhere. I'd like to say hello to Kim French and Kimberly Bay. The wife is definitely a victim as well, I agree. Now, uh, going back to this, she said something very interesting. I think I know what she was talking about. She said the things that she saw in there, oh, Lordy mercy. Let's watch this again. Just the first part of it, of what she said.
3: Um,
0: Midnight caller line. This is Gerald. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Gerald. This is boss. How you doing? Hey, boss. I'm all right. How are you doing?
4: Well, I'm excellent, man. Top of the morning to you.
0: I didn't know you were a morning person.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yep, yep. I wake up early. I, I barely sleep. I'm just always high energy. I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> I
0: understand that. What's on your mind? Good to hear from uh, you again. Nothing, it's been man, a while do, too.
4: Yeah, yeah. I said I said to myself since we're both up, I might as well just talk to him instead of going through the chat. Um, uh, I had sent you an email. A few days ago. I don't know if he received it.
0: I did not see one. I will recheck. I, I have not. Can you, um, can you talk about but, it here or do I need to? No, yeah, we could talk about
4: it. Um, It it actually corroborates what you and I discussed months and months ago about that thing in the backseat.
0: Oh, I do remember.
4: Uh yeah, somebody else had made a video and I I think I'd sent you the link for the video, but they go into way more details on what it possibly
0: could be. Um so for those they were, uh, that don't remember and I do remember, this was a uh it was a cop car and what cop was it? It was in Moscow, Idaho.
4: Was, yep, it was the undercover cop car, the Ford Focus. Um, and it was just some peculiar looking device sitting in the back seat, and
0: peculiar looking. We looked at it, and it was a uh, military grade night vision, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, that's that's what we came to a determination on. the, And in, in this other YouTube video, they kind of pretty much stipulate that it was material, military grade, maybe like Stingray type of device. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, or it was something else that he had referenced, but regardless of what it is, it's nefarious, you know, it's,
0: well, the interesting part about it is it, it's not something that you that would have been issued by a police department. It's something that uh, somebody would have had to have procured privately.
4: Yeah. And just some dudes riding around in some blue jeans and some baseball hats and a Ford focus with this thing in the backseat, you know, but I thought it'd be interesting. I'm. I'm pretty sure I sent it to your email. You might have to just, like, just maybe search. You probably get a, a thousand, um, thousand emails a day.
0: Yeah, they're all wanting to increase my penis length. I don't know. I don't know how they know. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> we'll be back for another show. Seriously, though, I'm getting <laughs> a lot of spam lately. I don't want people. Oh magazine. yeah. I don't want any magic pills. But uh, yeah. No, that seriously. And spam I spam haven't got you. The, the spam is so uh it's so
4: direct nowadays. You'll be like, "Man, I haven't had weedies in a while," and all of a sudden you'll start getting spam email about weedies.
0: I know, yeah. Or, yeah. But no boss maca email, or, I don't know. But I'm definitely look um, it. No,
4: it, it, try typing in, try searching for B O S S. Just regular
0: B O S S. Okay, I'll do that. I'll see you that now so so what it's a uh, specific video about that
4: yeah i think um trying to remember what i titled it as so actually while you're doing that let me go ahead and check my email and make sure i sent it to <laughs> the right person i'm pretty sure i thought i had you saved in my gmail uh, so if i go to
0: all right so i think i found it i think i found it is is it say uh, ann taylor's greatest hits police training records would like to see revealed
4: yeah that if when you when you get a chance or however you do it man you you should really watch that video because like i said it you and i were the first people i know that even touched on that subject and i never really heard anybody else speak of it and when I came across that video last week, it really uh, made me think of uh, our, our little conversations that we had back
0: back then. Okay, so that is the email. All right. I went ahead and <laughs> yeah. saved that. Why did... Okay, so I'm going to uh, that, look, up, look at it, and uh, bring it up. Yeah, yeah.
4: I think it'll be something interesting. And And, you know, I got a question, too. I know you you're probably more detailed than i am with the situation but was there ever a toxicology report um revealed or good morning electra
0: for the victims in idaho yeah oh man right before i said the word victims i remembered what it was uh toxicology report that is a damn good question shoot there was something in that regards And, uh, shoot, I don't want to say anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going back through my memory and I remember, I remember, and I don't think this is true guys, but I I seem to remember that, uh, they said that there was no drugs involved in those, the people that were murdered, you know, but that can't be true. That can't be true. But that's all I heard. And I remember Steve Gonsalves, he got all that back, and he wouldn't talk about stuff. But, I mean, he,
4: then he couldn't. He, you, know. you know, just hypothetically speaking, say, for example, like, say, four people got a bad batch of fentanyl or whatever, and boom, they dropped dead. You try to cover up the scene, and boom, you knife up four people. There's no fight. There's no transfer DNA because there's no fight is there a possibility with eight hours of all that blood leaking out with and mixing together with two victims in each room, w- you know, how much information would you even be able to get from a toxicology report anyways? If you actually, you know, especially if, Oh,
0: you're right. If, if the, if you had two different blood types mixed together, one didn't, one didn't No, you should still be able to get toxicology just from the bodies alone because you can still do toxicology, tests on tissue very, very easy because you got the whole body, you know, you're not just trying to, um, get, get it from someone who's not willing. I mean, you can go into the liver, I mean, in the hair and, but just the blood. Alone, yeah. But it if it was,
4: yeah. But if it was like a recent overdose, I, w- I don't know if all that would have even had time to get into that structure of the biological, you know, like if you're a weed smoker, yeah, you're going to be able to do a hair sample and show that, you know, but if if it was just something that instantly went into their system, not saying that it would dissipate and disappear, but that might be a good way to try to cover up, you know, a situation like that and make it seem like something else. But that's just a hypothetical.
0: That's a hypothetical and a, a wild-ass speculation, but if you look at it, and there was a major fentanyl overdose in Moscow, from what I've seen... I don't believe that that wouldn't be something that they would try to cover up. I I can see that being a reason to cover it up because of the money involved in the college and the town. But if I was going to do it, I I wouldn't do it like that. I would say it was, uh, uh, what do you call it, carbon monoxide or something.
4: Yeah, because it's just to me, like I'm just really just trying to wrap my head around how could one person do this with a knife four people in a matter of six minutes without skin being underneath fingernails and you know yada 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 yeah, so, no, 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 skin anyways, fingernails.
0: I, uh here's a question you, i did a show you know a few days ago i think it was on saturday and i talked about the dna they found from an unidentified male you know and do you remember around the first part of this when we got the when we got the affidavit back and they were talking about that DNA, do you remember where they said that DNA was from?
4: Uh, like, you mean in pertainment to the sheath?
0: No, not the sheath, but they said that they got DNA from an unspecified male. They didn't know who it was, unidentified male. Oh. Other than Kohlberger, do you remember that?
4: I, I kind of do and then I also remember them mentioning way later after the fact something about that glove outside, mm-hmm. which you know that um, I, what is he a reporter investigator or something his name was Chris. I believe he's the one that found that glove. yeah
0: well I remember, it wasn't the, it, I remember the glove it, it, he's a retired detective. And uh, he had okay. a YouTube show and he found that glove and, you know, they checked it and they found out it was one of the, one of the uh, people on the scene. It wasn't from any other place.
4: But what's the other glove that they're referring to then? So they found another glove no, Cause no, I know I, recently.
0: People are talking, I heard people talking about a glove, but the only glove I'm aware of was that one that Chris what's his name found. I can't remember his name. Yeah, that's the only one I know about, but and that didn't have anything to do with that other male's DNA that they didn't find. I was trying to remember at the time, I remember hearing where they found that other DNA, and then I don't remember now.
4: Yeah, I I would just imagine there would just be DNA on the ceiling, the walls, and (laughs) everywhere up in that house. I mean, um, any given day, there could be 25 to. 30 to 50 to 150 people up in that house, or at least going in and out of that house, maybe not sitting there at one time, but that um, is, that's, a,
0: that's a good point. And that's my point. But when I was talking about the DNA of the, un, the unidentified male is there is no less amount of DNA than what they got from Kohlberger on the snap of that knife. You know, there's no less amount that I'm aware of unless you leave DNA from breathing on something, you know, you just get a few cells from someone's touch not a hair. He didn't uh, drink a Coke or something. It's not a DNA swab. It's just a few cells from sweat and oil from a fingertip touch. And they were able, they were, uh, yeah, you have to do two tests to verify every DNA test. And they tested it against who genetic DNA with his father. So there's two tests they did on that one fingerprint touch. And then they actually had to test it from the source from the fingertip touch to the swab they got when they arrested Kohlberger. So how the hell could they get four from just a, a touch?
4: Yeah, it's real peculiar, man. It's real peculiar, and especially that that sheath being porous, meaning leather, and it's a porous material. Like, wh- well, he- So what did you find on the, the leather? you sitting here telling me there was nothing on the leather, but you found a speck of Infinite dust on the inside button snap of the sheath. That, there's uh, no there's that, no that, less
0: that. amount of DNA they could have found. So you you have the other guy, unspecified. He would have left more DNA. But, I mean, uh, Kohlberger was driving around the place, supposedly, allegedly right now. I don't yeah, know. I, like, yeah,
4: well, I, I haven't seen a clear video that, that showed me an Elantra or Pittsburgh plates, or I haven't seen it yet. I know everybody They went through all this Linda lane and man, I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing in that video. I don't care how people try to analyze it, uh, put red filters in it. I haven't seen anything. This is 2023. Both there's like said, like I told you before, there's cameras at the state line between Pullman and Moscow. Mm -hmm. There's traffic cameras that are always running license plate reader cameras. Um, all throughout the city, like, yeah, there's just, just I, I, something I, rotten. Well,
0: I don't understand it. I mean, I've, you can go to Walmart and for like 25 or $30, you can get a HD camera that sees at night and HD. I mean, I've got HD cameras outside of my place, but if it's something important, if it's an alien or a murder scene, then you can't tell what the hell you're looking at.
4: Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, know. man, any other, if I want to take a picture of a butterfly and, and, you know, zoom it in a thousand times, I could do that. But for some reason, we can't get a simple, I mean, dude, like, man, thinking, if I went and robbed a gas station and I left my license plates on, my face is going to be plastered all over the local news. forty eight hours.
0: In HD, they can see if you shaved or not. Have you seen this man dude. who called in in the morning and we were looking on his webcam? Dude. Like, what the hell? Yeah. No, it's it's really bad. Seriously, uh, man, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, it's it's worse than we're talking about. I mean, everybody has HD on their damn Instagrams, but what they eat for breakfast, for God's sake.
4: Right. Right. And you're sitting here telling me, you know, in, in today's society, we couldn't get one clear picture, not one that's presented to the public like, hey, there is a person out here that just killed four students. Like, public be aware. Like, that's a threat. They let this dude just walk around, you know, for over a month. Something's just not right, man. You know, uh, dude, I, I think we've been around long enough to where, you know, if, if, <laughs> if it ain't right, it ain't right. You know, that, that's just such a, a threat to the community to have allowed that person to exist for so long.
0: Mm-hmm. So here, here's what people are <laughs> saying about the DNA. They're saying... Two males inside the house, one glove outside, other had male DNA. Uh, Here's what someone else says, stellar star. Multiple DNA samples were taken, one from a cigarette they came up with, two unidentified male DNA, and the sheath DNA from Brian, again, just from that snap. And someone says, there's a picture, just not in the form everybody wants. Telemetrics, GPS, turning his phone off and on. And after the murderers comes back in the morning, it's locked up. Yeah. And yet we're talking about um, Navarro. She took her phone with her and her iPad. And they're standing around scratching their asses, not knowing where she went.
4: Dude, she's probably on an Indian reservation. Excuse me, Native American reservation up there. There's a lot of them up there and she looks like she'd be able to blend that pretty well. They have their own little laws because they're a sovereign nation that they're protected by. That's probably why they're not being as aggressive as they should with the situation.
0: You think that might be where she's at right now?
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just my common sense tells me. I know, like I said, I know, all, I know the politics in the region. I, I'm all so well up there. So that, that's what that looks like to me. Um, the one of your, yeah, what's, I'm trying to understand her comment. Have you read airmail number five issue? I
0: I don't know. I've not. Yeah. it just went off the screen, but, um, I'll put it back up. But yeah,
4: it, 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 it's, it's, you know, this whole case is interesting. I only have, uh, the ability to focus on one case at a time. And, uh, this case gets all of my attention because like I said, it hits home. My daughter just started at WSU this year. She just finished orientation. Okay. There it is. Uh, he talks to preacher Doug Wilson. Yeah. And that's another interesting character uh, there too. Doug Wilson. I think we've talked about him, right? Mm-hmm. We have. Yeah. You know, it's just all the uh, coincidences in this situation. Like how is it that NBC runs this? nationwide episode about a place that nobody's even heard of. Nobody's even heard of Moscow, Idaho. Didn't even know it existed. All of a sudden NBC runs an episode about this Douglas Wilson. That's what really, originally caught my attention about this case because I I just noticed pattern. Re- well, yeah,
0: I remember yeah. looking at that story at the time. And thought, well this is weird.
4: Yeah. And and like I said before, dude, they vilified NBC And rightly do, the dude seems like a scumbag, but NBC like vilifies that dude. And I don't think he really thought it was going to, you know, um, Hollywood has a way of presenting an offer to you like, Hey, we want to do a documentary on you and learn more about you. And you're like, Oh wow, this is what I've been waiting for. And then, you know, you get in front of the production and they ask you these questions, but when it comes to editing, um, mm-hmm. It can turn into something different. You know what I mean?
0: It made him look like a jackass. Man. That's why I don't do interviews anymore. <laughs> I won't do them. Don't ask. I won't right. Do it. <laughs> so, uh, and and this is true. This goes to what we were saying. The comment up here, Howard Bloom's article. Wilson says he wouldn't mind if the case failed. He wants Thompson out of office. That's right. There's some people that were saying that Doug and the city of Moscow are in some kind of, um. Are working together to cover this up, man. They hate each other. That's for a fact. Yeah, and he's
4: he's a pretty in he's a pretty in depth narcissist type of dude. I did some pretty I did some hours of research on this guy, and you know he's really into like Shakespearean Renaissance and mm-hmm. and and just understanding uh, humans and psychology and people. I've noticed that people that are really into Shakespearean renaissance type of stuff, uh, uh, they can be rather dramatic, you know, and uh, take things to a whole nother level. And with him being a narcissist on top of that and with that interview, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if he's somewhere, you know, along with all this circus debacle that we're witnessing, I wouldn't doubt it.
0: Here's a comment. I heard someone call into another show who said they have multiple family members in law enforcement in Idaho and claims they all say there is absolutely no doubt BK is the guy. Well,
4: Yeah, maybe he is the guy. I'm not claiming that he's not, but he couldn't have did this alone in seven minutes. And he, like I said, he already kind of implicated himself. If, if it's true that he said, am I the only person that you arrested? You know, uh, but he's also, you know, saying that, uh, in other words, like, Hey, there's someone else too. Did you get the other person? You know, um, that's the way I, I heard it. (laughs) He, he couldn't have did this alone. He might not, have, you know, did the killings. He doesn't really look like a killer to me, but what does a killer look like? You know, um, but whoever did this, I know this for a fact, they have tactical training they would have to have tactical training.
0: It took tactics. For seven minutes. Uh, to do this. Seven minutes for a first-time kill. Seven minutes for a first-time yeah. kill.
4: Four people. Four people.
0: Dude, you know, I,
4: I used to box, dude. Three minutes in a ring would seem like a, a, an eternity. You know, so it's like... <laughs> dude, come on, man. You... you this dude would have to, you know, it would take, you know, tactical training in order, and you not only just tactical training, just with your hands, but also with the knife. You, you, you know, you're 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 not you you're not slinging that knife that's like a true. butter knife and just accidentally cutting people, dude. You're over here moving like
0: that's actually, dude. True. dude you're moving uh, like if uh, I know there were pictures about where they were stabbed but if I could see that right now, I could tell you if he'd had technical, tr- uh, tactical training on how to use a K bar because I have, and you gotta be really careful when you handle a knife, you're going to cut yourself. As we saw in the Taylor business case, she cut her thumb when she was doing what she did with that knife. This is one person, four people, uh, with struggling, by the way, there was some struggling. And,
4: right. And two people in each room on top of that, like female or male, I don't matter it, Women can kick ass too. I didn't see my mom; she's five feet tall. Knock, knock, grown men out. You know, so it's like uh, all them people look pretty athletic and healthy to me. Like adrenaline can do something to you. I don't care how drunk you are. You wake up and see your your best friend that you've known since diapers over here getting knifed up. You you're, you know you're not just gonna be like, oh, I'm next. You know, <laughs> not not in both rooms. Especially when you got Ethan, who's six foot four, you know, got a little mustache going, looks like he's a pretty healthy, strong dude. He don't look like no punk. Uh, you know, what, what's really going on here, man? You know, what, what, what so Man, what this person needs that, to I mean, that, actually that be recruited the things, to the military.
0: That's one of the things that doesn't make sense at all. Seven minutes for people.
4: Yeah, if, yeah. If, if BK is the person, then the military needs to recruit him. They don't need to send him to the firing squad. They need to go send him to, like, Ukraine or something weird and let him just have at it. Because if he can knock off four people in seven minutes, then great googly moogly. I think they're going um, to be sending him to the firing
0: squad. That's what I think. Sending him to the firing squad.
4: Imagine if he has two knives, you know what I mean? Like, great googly moogly. What's really going on here? I mean... That's the person we need to recruit if he's the person, but it, it just doesn't make sense. Not somebody that has so much time invested into their education, uh, associate's degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree, working on a PhD, moved completely across country. You know, like none of it makes any sense. He's over here, teacher's aid. He has the world at his hands. Why So,
0: would a person? I'm glad you're here because I wanted to talk to you about what the the recent – what uh ann, almost called her ann kohlberger ann taylor filing for <laughs> a basically to throw it out because of the grand jury and him not her not giving an alibi and saying the alibi is going to come out on cross-examination so the defense are filing say hey the court ordered you to give us an alibi from him and if he gave you an alibi you have to give it to us what do you think about that boss
4: I believe that a person has the right to remain silent. Anything that they say will and can be used against them in a court of law, that they have a right to an attorney. And if you can't afford an attorney, a court, court appointed attorney will be appointed to you. I believe in the Fifth Amendment. Right. I I believe in the Fifth Amendment, even if you're innocent. Mm-hmm.
0: The f- I'm the not Fifth saying is I'll the, let my... T- the Fifth Amendment is the only thing I'll say to a police officer.
4: I won't even speak in court. I'll let my attorney do that. And if my attorney thinks that I don't need to even mention my alibi until the prosecution has, you know, presented everything, then that's what I would do. You know, it's to me, it's already weird that it's such a high-profile case and this guy has a public defender already as it is. That is kind of just never really seen that before. Not saying it's impossible, but I've just, I've never seen it.
0: So that's a, that's a, knee-jerk reaction that's a knee-jerk thought i had in my head the fifth amendment has a right to remain silent and that's what ann taylor said but you do have a right to remain silent but if you weren't silent if he did tell ann taylor what his um alibi was is she obligated to say uh i mean there is no attorney client privilege but so
4: she, I don't think she's obligated to say anything until the prosecution can point out and say, here is Brian Kohlberger, here is proof that, that here is C- Brian Koberger at this residence at this time. And I don't think that they've supplied her with that evidence yet. People keep saying they have this and they have that and they have this and they have that. Uh, transparency cures speculation. You know, th- this is not just between the four students and Brian Koberger. This is between that whole entire community. You know, people in that area deserve transparency and they're not given it. And so uh, from Ann Taylor's position, I would, I would probably do the same thing. I'm not an attorney. I've represented myself in court multiple times and haven't lost the case, but um, I, I would do the same thing So you can prove. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, until you can prove whatever you're, you're uh, wh- whatever you're accusing me of, I'm not saying nothing.
0: So this is just all part of the legal process.
4: Yeah, because anything you say can and will be used against. Like how the judge said, that we don't want the cameras focusing on Brian Koberger too long. We'll all allow one camera in there because any and everything could be part dissected and. Dice and, and, and you know, it's court of law, so it's like the best to do as sense defense mechanism is not anything mm-hmm. in, in that particular situation if you're, you know, completely innocent. It's, it's up to them to, to prove whatever they're accusing him of. It's not up to Ryan to defend himself, you know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean,
0: the burden is is on the prosecutor's office. All right. I appreciate Uh you calling in. I really do this early morning. I noticed uh, more of you guys are calling in. I appreciate it. We'll continue these morning shows then.
4: Hey, um, another thing I want to get on about this case, I was looking because, you know, I have to come back, keep going back not get caught up in all the paperwork. I'm not good at paperwork, So I, um, I was, I was looking at the, um, not the funeral, but the memorial service for the, the, the four students, right?
0: Uh-huh.
4: Uh huh. And, you know, by the way, rest in peace to those four beautiful souls, you know, and their parents and all that stuff, yada, yada. But I went back and watched the memorial service. I was listening to Hunter Johnson speak, and I heard I something peculiar when he was talking.
0: You heard him um, speak?
4: Hunter Johnson? Who's that? Hunter is the one. That's, the brother, um, okay. Ethan's brother. He, no, he's the one that that wears that weird necklace. That the, not the pearls, but like maybe a dark necklace. You see him in the video with Kaylee when the, they come up there to the back slide door. You see him at the front door when they came there at night.
0: Um, okay, yes, he was the boyfriend of of someone else we heard about. Uh,
4: Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's weird, you know, because you see a video with um, Kaylee that one particular time. And, they're, you know, they're, they're coming and getting along and conversating. In that video, the body came where they're at the back and door. So, you know, he has some type of relationship with her. But Memorial Service did not mention anything about Kaylee or Madison. He only mentioned about Ethan and Zana, and I thought it was really kinda of weird that he wasn't I'm like, Man, I'm gonna meet all four of them. Rest in peace, Maddie or uh Kaylee, you know, I had a good time, you know, playing beer pong with you. He didn't think of any he didn't mention his name not one time. And he spoke for about fifteen minutes. And, you know, he also kinda of like lightweight through Ethan on the bus when he started talking about his gambling problems on how Ethan even still owed money and how he didn't pay his debts well he kinda hee heed and ha ha about it but um the way he was describing like a dude a pretty bad gambling problem. Um, you know just, I just thought that was interesting. You know, I like to turn over every stone and, you know, like I said, since we don't have anything we all have to just speculate and try to figure this all out because we all know that it ain't right. If it was right, we wouldn't even be paying attention to it. We'd be like, oh yeah, he's guilty. Yeah, he did it. He was in the house for four hours, and, you know, there was blood all over him, blood in the Elantra um, case club.
0: I don't think they're doing themselves in Idaho any favors by keeping everything back from the public. That's my opinion about it. I think they're making it more mysterious, and they're making people talk about it in overdrive because of all the info that they're holding back.
4: Yeah, and you know what? What would be awful if what happened if this case did get dismissed? Think about it. If he is a Washington resident and um, he's a Washington resident, he lives and works in Washington, and he drives across the state line to Idaho and commits this crime. Technically, the crime began in Washington. If it was premeditated, right? Um. So even if Idaho chooses to dismiss this, I'm thinking that there's a possibility that Washington could even later on pick up and charge him with, you know, something else. Like maybe in Idaho, you know, he can't, you know, double jeopardy whatsoever. But in Washington, since the crime technically began in Washington, if he left his his house to go drive there and, and then even vice versa, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, probably can say, like, hey, he was fleeing, you know, so we can charge him for fleeing from a crime scene, you know. So it's like this thing could turn out, and I'm surprised it's already not a federal case, you know, with the, so many state lines being crossed, and, um, you know, I'm surprised the feds haven't picked up this
0: case. That's you a know? good point. They could have, couldn't they, if they would have wanted sure. to. yeah. Although they are getting yeah. – she did they did apply for federal money to prosecute this case. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird. And the FBI was involved to a minute extent. All right. So. Yeah. Uh, during
4: the during the investigation, you know, uh but as far as like it being a court trial, you know, I, I would think that something like this would be something that would be more of a, a federal and not not a state thing.
0: So, and this is what I thought too. And I think this is the thing I wanted to ask Coop last night at the beginning of the show, but he wasn't there. I think I said something about it like, man, I wish Coop was here, but he, all he does is play t ball or something. But, uh, they'll, he says, they'll, so if they throw out the indictment, can't they just say, okay, well, no problem. We'll just reindict you again. And this is what Coop says. He, they said he says they'll reindict him. There's no jeopardy until a jury is seated and instructed. He's a dead man walking, incarcerated or free, and that's something I yeah. wholeheartedly agree on. This man's life, um, I think he's a dead man walking, incarcerated or free. I really do. If if he if they let him go right now, he's got a death sentence.
4: Yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, you would have thought that Mark Furman would have been a dead man walking after all, but, you know, they gave him a talk show and (laughs) let him move up to Idaho and, you know, carry on his influence to other people that are just like him, you know, so it might make this dude infamous, you know, Um, if he does get to walk free from the situation, that's just the the messed up, chewed up world we live in, where it's, you know, if he does walk free, people like that might end up getting notoriety. And,
0: you know. Well, he he can keep it because that's not any kind of notoriety that I would want or anybody I know would want.
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all weirdos. Well, I think I've taken up enough of your time, man. I love chatting with you. I'm about to you know, my superhero outfit of the day and go, uh, construct some, uh, facials and (laughs) soft. All
0: right. You have a good morning uh, and a good rest of your day. Hey,
4: man, your, your audience is the best dude. And, um, you know, if y'all could hit that like button,
0: you know what you can do boss while you're out working. If you want to hear a good radio station, you can go to iHeartRadio or tune in and look up midnight radio. We're on there all day. I'll do that. I'll do that for sure. And hit that like button. I definitely will. All right. You have a good day.
4: Yep. And You too. And check out that video that I sent you, that Ann Taylor thing. I think you'll find it interesting.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you.
4: All right. Have a good one.
0: Boss Mac, everybody. Coop, I just watch or coach the T-ball. That's what I said. I go, Cooper, he doesn't come to the show anymore. He's watching T-ball or coaching it or something. Yeah, but that was the. It's funny. And then you show up after I haven't seen you for a while, and it was this question that you answered today. No double jeopardy. In, well, no, it wasn't double jeopardy. It was this. Uh, they'll reindict him. There's no jeopardy until a jury is seated and instructed. He's a dead man walking. About the part about him being reinindicted, I'm glad, man, been wanting that question answered. And then of course, Electra asked uh, something about double jeopardy, and he said, no, double jeopardy until the jury is seated. Even then you have a mistrial, okay. I'm gonna read through some of these comments, and then we're going to go back on with our stories here and we got some more stories for you. And then after the show, 20 minutes after the show, I'm gonna go live on uh, the radio. Again, we are on TuneIn. We are on iHeartRadio. You can check us out on our website, midnightrad.io. Uh, all those links are in the video description below. Sad to say, we aren't able to charge anyone with anything. Back in 1980s, there was something called federally fabricated crimes. Interesting. Ash Hendrick said, they better... M- have more info on him, and obviously do because if dming someone is stalking, everyone is a stalker. also, that house was in a party area, everyone carpings their months leading up, right? okay. I'm not sure what Stellar Star is saying. The twin brother of a business owner in Moscow, also lives in Washington, I believe, was a rideshare driver, named as possible informant. Kim French says, in my opinion, I think the death penalty is a bargaining chip, and if he's put to death, he will spill everything about the link. Bread to Kill says, there is no connection to the victims per court motions undisputed. Remember this guy, Brian... Oh, got another phone call. Midnight Caller line. This is Gerald Smimmons. Who am I talking with?
1: Good morning, Hash.
0: Good morning, Hash. How are you doing?
1: Hello. I'm good. I think I should pause here. Let me shut my computer. All right. I'm just like super tired. I just woke up. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, I think that, like, I I didn't get to hear what everyone else was talking about because I literally woke up 10 minutes ago, but I do think that um, after thinking about all this, that probably, do you remember when Kaylee's dad was on the news talking about you don't have to go up the stairs?
0: Yes, I
5: do.
1: Okay, so now I'm thinking about it since I, now I know that the they were both upstairs, her and the Maddie. I think probably Ethan and Santa got killed first. And then obviously he had to go up the stairs. That's why the dad was like, yo, you didn't have to go up the stairs. And then I think the sheath was probably next to one of the people um, who fought back like intensely. And then they probably either snatched it out of his pocket or wherever it was. He didn't notice because he was too busy doing what he was doing. And then when they died, they dropped it next to them. And that's why. It was there because I just can't see somebody having having a sheath on their belt loop when they're going to commit murder. Just like, why? Well, just doesn't make sense. Especially if they're walking by places with cameras, they could catch that. I don't know. It just seems like an idiotic move.
0: So you're thinking they had it in the band of their sweatpants or something like that,
1: or uh, any, anywhere that's grabbable. Like if somebody's like, even if they're laying down and they're they get stabbed, like if their arms are flailing and they grab onto something, like maybe they grab that, I don't know, it just seems like more logical than a guy going in there and having it and just dropping it, like whoops, I, just, I dropped it, or oh I left it there on purpose, it's just, it just seems ridiculous if you ask me, but it's just this is how I'm thinking
0: I think it's weird to use that type of knife and kill everybody in about 7 to, somebody said 16 minutes, and the way he did yeah. which means you'd have to have X, exp- X uh, have experience doing it and not have your knife sheathed on your belt.
1: Well, that's what I said. I think that um, it just seems like a short amount of time and I got ridiculed on Facebook about it. Everyone was like, are you retarded? Of course you can get the house Was that big. I was like, oh, no, I'm like five foot six. Like those hallways look pretty long. And they they were like giving me dimensions and saying that it's not that long. It's just a photo. Like when you go to view a house, it just looks bigger. (laughs)
0: Those and they slammed down, me. So. Yeah, going upstairs huh? and downstairs. and
1: Yeah, and then, like, no blood going to the car. unless, And then, like, all the kids walking in the house or however many, even if just one person, a friend, went in that house, like, they would have had to have blood on them going to check on the people, you no, know, if it's in the hallway. Because unless he killed them and changed and then went down the hallway and then changed again before leaving, it's just, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, he would have had to have something, even a speckle, of something somewhere, you know what I mean.
0: Boss says he thinks you're correct about the order, and he also thinks that he came through Xana's window via a ladder. So, you guys are saying that what they said on the affidavit about what came first isn't correct.
1: Um, I don't. I to be honest with you, I don't know. They could always say that they realized later that it was a different way after doing the full autopsy, or did they have, have they already done the autopsies when they did that? Oh, like they, the report?
0: Yeah. they done the full autopsies and toxicology. Okay. In okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, did that tell you how long, um, I'm not, I don't know how it works. Does that tell you how long someone's been dead? Like who's been dead longest?
0: Not, not to an exact degree, yet. not to an exact yeah, degree, okay. was, but they did use, yeah. they used that, Activity on their phones, and they were somebody was on Instagram until they were no longer alive.
1: Okay, I thought that was I thought it was Xana was on
0: TikTok or something. I believe right? it was, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, but if she imagine if she got the DoorDash, and so they they were speculating that Kaylee and them were upstairs, and they had already called the boyfriend, and that was ages ago. Well, that would have meant that Zanna and Ethan would have been up. So you would kill who's ever up first. And if she was in the kitchen or whatever, and then he she saw him wherever he was, she would run to her room if Ethan's in there, no? And then like, that's when he could have done it. I, I mean, like, I don't know, unless he, they are all dead in the kitchen, but I, I don't know. I have no clue. But um, yeah, no, I was saying about the DMing and all that stuff, like, Yo, you know, you know, people who hit me up, strangers, because when I was DJing and stuff, like, mm-hmm. and then I, I only just saw the messages recently, because I finally had time to, like, go through the messages, like, um, they, like, hello, hello, what's up, what's up, what's up, like, messages like that, um, and then I ended up meeting, I, I remember meeting these people now, like, they're, like, now they're friends, but, um, yeah, you miss messages all the time, and then, like, I don't know if that area is in a party house, like, yeah, like uh, multiple people drive past that house like tw- 12 times leading up to the murder. That's why, obviously, I know they said they have loads and loads and loads of paper for the defense to go through, but just because they drop that to us, um, I don't know, I, I would like to see, obviously, what else they have, Like just like everyone else, because that's just not enough to be like, yo, you did it.
0: Yeah, I think they have him driving around the block a few times, actually.
1: Yeah, but if it's a party area... And he's an ex-drug addict. I'm not saying that exactly. house is a drug house. Yeah. There's got to be one in the area because if all those people know that those kids party. Like, we've all been to college or at least we've been to a college area. I'm not saying that those girls were doing anything and even but there's people in the area that obviously are trying to hustle. Because, like, you're, when you're a kid, you you do dumb shit. Or maybe there's an older person who's the local person. Even if it's just weed. Like, you could be going there all the time to get weed to chill out because you used to do heroin, like, I don't know, because we just like kind of—is it legal there? Like it is in Maryland and all these other places.
0: Marijuana there? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. In Idaho, I don't. Okay, well then,
1: yeah. So then, so then, some kid would probably be selling it if they don't have weed shops, and so like people would go and buy it. And if that's the party area, that's where you would want to live so you make the most money.
0: Some of the things that don't make the most sense. (laughs) That don't make the most sense is, like you said, the timeline of how long it took him to do it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't even get out of my house, like, just getting ready to go somewhere in that amount of time. like Let alone go and stab people and be clean and exit and just go about your merry way. So, Do they have videos of him speeding off or is it just driving? um, And if they have him driving, wouldn't they have him entering the house? Wasn't there? Did it? I thought there was a ring camera somewhere that, like, you would see him going in the house. Supposedly, no? they have
0: him driving and not entering the house. So uh, the yeah, chat room is saying yeah. weed is legal in Washington but not in Idaho.
1: Okay, yeah, then there would be a local dealer there, so that would make sense for anyone to go there cause, like, yeah, if there's not a local dealer in your party area, then that, then it's probably not a party area.
0: Somebody said from my
1: college experience. <laughs>
0: I don't think many drug dealers with stash houses tolerate drug addicts circling their house repeatedly at 4 a.m.
1: Um, exactly. They wouldn't tolerate it, but if he wants weed, or maybe he was trying to go to party I don't know. I'm trying to excuse him, but I'm trying to think like the amount of times that like.
0: What possible excuse could he have? But they
1: don't, it doesn't say Exactly circling their house it just says pinged in the area I thought because it can't they, those pings don't show the exact location
0: they have, him, pinging, oh, they other have cars. him they have him pinging at the actual house the Wi-Fi from the house ping, ping. yeah
1: and he doesn't yeah and then okay well I don't know so we'll, I'll move on to the next one if I'm totally wrong so my other thing is is that all the people who've come out are people who are like didn't like him or not his friend or whatever. Even if I was this guy's friend right now, I know this sounds really awful. I just wouldn't want to be in the news or involved in this in any way. Because the last thing I would want is people showing up to my house or work with cameras yeah. like, Oh, you're friends with a murderer. Are you a murderer too? Or like writing me like crazy people, writing me messages. So I'm not surprised that if anyone is his friend or is his ex-girlfriend isn't coming out to be like, Hey, yeah, I know him. I really like him. He's cool. He's cool. Because um, maybe they did to the police, but I just, I don't want to be in the news for something so negative. I would just keep to myself, tell the police what I know, and keep my, my lips sealed about him being nice or whatever until it needs to be said. Because, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think.
0: That's a good point. Like
1: those other people, yeah, those other people want attention. So I feel like they, they're like, and they're just slamming him because everyone else is i've got to stick it up a bit anyway i'm just trying to think like well that applies like, to any ways. of them
0: if you look at rex herman you know who's gonna say man man, yeah. me and him were best buds man we went
1: yeah <laughs> we went fishing and we went fishing like the, the one guy uh yeah there's one guy who said they ran track and he's totally shocked that he because he said he was really nice and he would, he would go for late night runs, but aside from that, um, oh, but then he said, "But we're not really friends." I'm like, know, you don't go for runs with someone who's not your friend. You're saying he's not your friend because you're, you you think he killed people." <laughs> yeah. so that's how I feel. You don't hit up, you don't hit up someone all the time. Like, yeah, let's go for a run, because you can't stand the guy. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. I was laughing when I saw that interview. Yeah. I, um,
0: if 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 I was involved in anything like that or knew knew about somebody you know, I wouldn't talk to anybody about it.
1: Yeah. Just the police just to give a, a little statement. If they asked, otherwise I just stay out of it. Cause until it just let it all unfold and that's their business and go about mine. Cause it's
0: if there's something I don't intense. know about. I'll talk about it all day long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What else? Um, I'm trying to think of my other opinions, but it's so early. Um, Do you have any questions?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Alicia Navarro, we talked about that. Uh, Alicia Navarro, we talked about her earlier.
1: Who's that? Alicia Navarro,
0: she uh, left her mother in uh, Arizona when she was 14 years old, and she showed up now Uh,
1: when she's 18. Yeah, Yeah, so I think, listen, I think 100% this girl has been mind-washed, manipulated. The guy let her go because she's 18, and eventually maybe not now because it's so hot and everyone's talking about her she's going to end up with him she's going to probably pretend she doesn't know him that they've met out randomly and be like oh he's my match man it's something like weird like that i just have this like gut feeling that she still likes the guy and that he let her go so that since she's 18 she can come back legally to him something weird
0: i think you're probably because right. you don't
1: just get you don't just get, like, she to have Stockholm Syndrome at this point. It's been quite some time, and she's young, and she's autistic, perhaps, right? So yeah, they say perhaps that. now she thinks she likes him,
0: I and she's of age. I, the problem I have with this is the FBI arresting him and then letting him go. And the mother saying oh, that you When did guys, that happen? That happened, uh, what, about two days ago now? They arrested him, let her oh, go, Okay. and then when he got home, him and her were fighting and the mother's saying, hey, you guys need to leave this alone because you're making it her living situation dangerous. And I have a problem with the FBI letting him go.
1: That's weird. I, see, I, I haven't seen that bit. Um, I've been too busy on YouTube um, in a deep, dark hole with this idol. <laughs> oh, boy, it that usually pops up on my news feed. Also, I wanted to let you know, I never know when you're going live. Like, I have you subscribed and, like, the little bell, all this stuff. But it, it only started popping up recently. Prior to that, it doesn't. It never pops up. And I then know I it's, see that it's done, funny like,
0: how that works. It's because of YouTube. I'm giving them kick. Yeah, this is true. Like, I'm giving them yeah. kick mon- monetary kickbacks now, and they start showing people my yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to let you know because I was like, oh,
0: he's, it never pops
1: up because, like, T Rev and all those other people, they all it, like it's like right up in your notifications. Yours doesn't. Only lately it does, but prior it, it didn't.
0: Yeah, I'm also going to start going on a more standard schedule, like 6 a.m. every morning, so.
1: Yeah, oh, that's cool. So you're not midnight radio, you're 6 a.m. radio.
0: It's 12 o'clock somewhere.
1: Right, Facts. Oh, yeah. man. Um, does the chat have any questions?
0: Does the chat have That'd any questions for Hash Hendrix? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're like, no, go away. No, no. Um, it's too early.
0: Oh, my God. We're
1: all dying. All right. I'll let you go and um, have a nice day.
0: All right. Thank you. Appreciate you calling in.
1: Always. Bye, guys.
0: Bye. That's Hash Hendrix, everybody. (laughs) All right. We got some other stories we're going to go over now. Uh, We went over the video of the Gilgo Beach. His wife, the Gilgo Beach Murderer's wife. Did you guys watch that? Some of you guys that just came in? Uh, I'll play it again and we'll talk about it very briefly. And I got some other breaking stories that you don't know about.
3: Um, hi. The cellar, I-
0: I got over that hurdle of what I saw inside. Now, the information I got from one of the officers that were in there when they arrested him, they told her, ma'am, we're arresting your husband. We suspect him of being the Jillo Beach murderer. And she said, I don't believe it. And then they showed her some pictures, and she said, well, I understand why you need to arrest him. I don't know if she's talking about that, which I think she is. The police officer said she was very struck by that. Or she's talking about, as the news agencies are kind of referring to, that they're talking about her um, house being turned over because they're searching for something. And then, of course, this... uh, Such... Buttholes. Look at this. The title is Gilgo Beach Serial Killer Suspects Wife says she would like a go That's not what she said. This reporter got up to her close in the pretense of saying, Hey, would you like a GoFundMe? And she said, Sure, I'll take one.
2: I'm so sorry. But you want to take- oh,
0: I'm not- I am- a lot of people and then we have the ugly picture that News Nation Brian Inton ran. We played that on last night's show. And uh, horribly out of context.
3: I I, you know, I was talking to one of your friends. A
0: lot of you guys think that she is a victim too. I'd agree.
3: i uh, uh, a a long time friend, and she wanted to put together maybe a go fund for you. Would that be something of interest? Would that be helpful? Yeah. Okay. I actually.
0: All she said was sure, and they got the title, Google Beach Show Killer Suspect Wife says she would like a GoFundMe. She said the word sure. Um,
3: okay. I'm going to actually reach out. Okay. Okay.
0: Hey, everybody. Hot Ham Radio is here. Alright, this is a warning to everybody. This next this next story is a little bit harsh. Uh I'm gonna continue here. This uh this one's a bit harsh. Kentucky murderer arrested after a sexually abused toddler dies of severe injuries. A Kentucky mother was arrested on Sunday after a toddler died from injuries consistent with physical and SA. Uh, Mountain Vernon resident Eric Lawson, 21, was arrested for second-degree manslaughter, first-degree criminal abuse against a child under 12. She was also charged with first-degree wanton endangerment and failure to report child neglect. Bill County Commonwealth Attorney Lisa Fugit told WATE that the child, who was 17 months old, showed sign of sexual and physical abuse, Essay when she was admitted to a hospital on July 28th. She was placed on life support, but the child's injuries were too severe for her to recover. WRILFM reported that the child, who had reportedly been uh, RA'd and beaten, was brain dead by the time she died on Sunday. The police department began an investigation to determine who was responsible for the abuse. Lawson was interviewed by police and arrested on Sunday night. She was taken to Bell County Detention Center while she would be held on a $1,000 bail. at so the comment section, I don't think the taxpayers in Kentucky should have to pay to feed her and provide a roof over her head for the rest of her life. Just drop her to the general population and let everyone know what she did. She won't last a week. Wrath of God says, who else was involved? Bluto says, whoever it is they need to fry, probably a bad boyfriend. Somebody says, this, this woman's fault, don't play the victim card for her. She brought a stranger around a little child. It's her job to put that child's well-being ahead of her own. Set examples. Do not mess with kids. If you can't handle being a parent, then make it super easy to drop them at a fire station. Hell, give them 50 bucks to do it. Anything to incentivize subhumans from having innocent children in their care. And this, in all cases like it, we should publicly execute anyone involved, bring back torture just for them. Wow. Why would we not make an example out of these people? They don't fear God, so let them fear the state. Susan Susan says, customers, mom probably sold her child's body in order to pay for a meth habit. Ah, oh, horrible story, guys. Horrifying. It does exist. All right, guys, I got a video from you for, it's your girl Banfield. It's not really Banfield, though. It's Brian Inton. Wah, 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 wah.
6: Life, no parole for the murder of 16-year-old Tylee Ryan. Life, no parole for the murder of 7-year-old J.J. Vallow. And life, no parole for conspiring to murder Tammy Daybell. They were the harshest sentences on the table for Lori Vallow. And today, she got them all. Two of those murder victims were her own children, Lori Vallow, as you heard earlier, went on a nearly 10-minute rant at her sentencing today, claiming to be in contact with her children in the spirit world, and saying she knows that all three murder victims are busy and happy. I want to bring in Lauren Matthias. All right, I'm not going to play this whole clip, probably, because Brian just doesn't
0: do it for me, but uh, we watched this last night, and what she said, it was very weird. It was very awkward she was talking about how her kids from the spirit world were contacting her, talking to her and telling her every, don't worry about them. Everything's okay. Like she did them a favor. She also talked about how miserable their lives were on this earth. I mean, it was horrible. We're going
6: to, she's looking like Pippi Longstockings here. She co-hosts the Hidden True Crime podcast and Gigi McKelvey, a host of podcast Pretty Lies and Alibis. It's good to see you, Gigi Uh, and Lauren. I want to start with you, Gigi. I mean, both of you have covered this case so extensively. Gigi, what did you think when she started saying this stuff? Like, did you expect it?
7: Well, I was sitting right by the door. So when she came in from the break, I saw that she had a notebook full of writings and a manila envelope. And I I said, you know, it came down to the minute about her testifying at trial. I said, there's no way she's going to give this opportunity up. When she started, we all kind of were looking around like, is she really saying what we think she's saying? Because it got so weird. You know, just uh, her dear friend Tammy, her eternal friend Tammy Daybell And, uh, you know, that's the the woman that that was murdered so that she could marry Chad. It was so bizarre. We all were just kind of perplexed, but not surprised because we've we've heard consistently she hasn't changed her beliefs from the time she's arrested to now.
6: There's another part that I found especially disturbing uh, during the time that she spoke in court where she talked about Jesus. Uh, I want to play that part and then we'll talk about it on the other side.
3: One of the times that Tylee came to me as a spirit after she died, she said, she commanded me, and she said to me, Stop worrying, Mom. We are fine. She knows how I worry and how I miss her. The first time J.J. visited me, after he passed away, he put his arm around me, and he said to me, You didn't do anything wrong, Mom. I love you. And I know you loved me every minute of my life. My eternal friend, Tammy Daybell, has visited me on several occasions. She came to bring me peace and comfort. And I know that she is extremely busy helping her family, especially her children and grandchildren. And I have a great love for Tammy.
6: Odd. I mean, Lauren, uh, got the what words. did you make of this? I mean, you you know the ins and outs of this case. You really know the in, ins and the outs of, of the way religion is involved. Do you think she actually still believes this stuff? Does she really believe that she is, you know, having interactions with her dead children who she murdered?
2: You know I do think yes. she believes it. I have a harder time believing she's delusional. I think it's more of like a disassociation almost. She said it right there. You know, Tylee's telling me to not worry. JJ's
0: I agree. So for having a conversation about this, which is what this show is, I believe that that's her mechanism of her mechanism of doing of explaining the evil that she does away not acknowledging it, not taking any responsibility for it, but like, I killed the zombies, it needed to be done. They were already dead, so I didn't do it. I believe she's doing that on purpose. It's my take on it. It's it's a willful disassociation.
2: She's telling me that, I, that I'm innocent, that I'm a good person. I think this is about decompartmentalizing saying oh i have nothing to worry about also to say "Tylie knows how i worry we haven't seen you worry for your kids not once have we seen you worry for your kids if, if you i mean she certainly hasn't shown that in court or at the trial so as far as what i see i think she does believe this but i think she's believing it so that she
0: she has pippy braids of mourning
2: can decide that she's a great person and feel no remorse and we have seen no remorse
6: yeah almost like a defense mechanism i felt like it was a slap in the face Gigi, to the families um when she talked about the kids that way
0: i thought the biggest slap in the face was what she said to her husband's dead wife that they murdered
6: that they were buds wow Like it was worse than I expected. I can see how that's the kind of thing that would, would almost make this, make them feel worse leaving that sentencing than they did when they went in.
7: Yeah, I think it was hard for them to hear that. And in fact, I spoke to Tammy Daybell's sister, Samantha, after sentencing was over. And we were talking about what Lori said about her eternal friend, Tammy, visiting her. And she said, I don't know who visited her, but it wasn't my sister, Tammy. Um, You know, it's just I think whatever Lori has to tell herself to lay her head down at night to be able to sleep. I think that's what's going on here more than what she's actually saying. She's seen these glimpses of heaven, you know, or seeing these kids, J.J. being tall, you know. When when he came to her, it's. I agree with Lauren. It's dis, She's disassociating herself from all of it, and but that's what Lori does. That's what Lori's done her whole life is distance herself from every bad thing that's Reality. happened because of her. So I didn't expect it today to be any different. I was just shocked she said it with the families in the room.
6: Yeah, and and just the detail that she went into talking about that that the kids were adults now and that they have jobs that they really. Enjoy. I mean, it, it, it was so strange, you can't even make it up. Just really quick, we have 30 seconds, Lauren. What happens next? Is is Chad Daybell's trial soon?
2: Yeah, Chad Daybell's trial is scheduled for next year, but I think we're also looking towards Arizona. Yeah. We've got Charles Fallows' case. We haven't even gone there yet. And so I think that we'll see the case in Arizona. And then up next, yeah, is Chad and Chad Daybell. And I think we're going to actually learn even more Believe it or not, more details that I've heard coming really soon about Chad and his involvement, and I don't think that he's ready to stand by Lori. So we'll watch that too.
6: Yeah, that'll.
0: We got more coming up. We'll talk about it. Right now, Life discovers body inside a plastic barrel at a Malibu, California beach. This broke this morning. Uh, it was a man's body found inside a plastic barrel at a beach in Malibu, California. Again, coming out of California after lifeguards spotted the unusual item floating offshore. The body was inside a 55 liter black drum, which was discovered at Malibu Lagoon station beach. Lieutenant Hugo with the LA County Sheriff's department said on Monday, homicide investigators, are examining the circumstances surrounding the death of the man who is identified as a black adult. Investigators do not yet know how long the body has been in the container, adding it did not appear to be significantly decomposed. There was no indications of blood splatter or other signs of violence. A state park maintenance worker first spotted the large drum floating in the lagoon around 3 p.m. Sunday. The worker retrieved the heavy metal barrel, The heavy barrel using a kayak and left it unopened on the shore, he said. But the high tide overnight swept it back into the water. Around 10 a.m. Monday, the lifeguard swam out to get the barrel from the lagoon, opened it on shore, finding a non-responsive person inside. The lieutenant said paramedics and deputies were called to the scene, and the man was pronounced dead on the beach. It is unclear how long the container had been floating in the lagoon before it was first retrieved. But the sheriff's department has received several calls from people reporting that they saw it in the lagoon over the weekend. The beach will remain open except for the crime scene. All right, let me see if I have this one case I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit about. This is the least shocking story coming from California, sadly. If you've been there, you know. I used to know a person who used to live there. I lived there for a while. I stayed away from the beaches, though. Me and son, me and son don't get along. All right. There is, actually, I think I tweeted it out. I have a Twitter, guys. You guys want my Twitter? Let me see if I can find it. Uh, we talked about it last night, a little bit about it last night. And apparently there is, there was, this should be a major story, bigger than it is. There's stories that are huge that aren't going to get the coverage they need, and one is about one is about Hunter Biden, and the other one is about. Man, I barely even know how to use this damn X thing anymore. Whatever it's called. All right, here we go. Bringing it up now, about the Chinese. All right, illicit virus lab, Chinese-owned in California, that they found. It's a pretty big deal. This is like the kind of stuff you go to war about. Seriously. Nobody cares. I got more of the story here. Um, I got it from the UK. Of course, we're not talking about it here. And uh, it's like, holy crap, guys. Unassuming warehouse in California turns out to be illegal Chinese run virus laboratory that was genetically engineering mice and experimenting with HIV, herpes and malaria. Nobody cares. A central California city is reeling after a nondescript warehouse turned out to be a illegal lab with deadly pathogens, including coronavirus, HIV, and malaria. Now they had rats there that were specifically engineered to be able to carry these human viruses, coronavirus, HIV, and malaria. You guys remember the black, the black plague. This is how disease vectors spread. So it's like they're working on the technology to spread these things and doing it in America, If it were not for an errant hose sticking out of the back of the warehouse last spring, city of, last spring, last spring, you're hearing about it today. City officials would not have known that a shady biotech company with links to China has set up shop there, fill, filling it with industrial freezers, hundreds of vials of viruses, and about a thousand dead and dying lab mice. Government investigators also found COVID diagnostic and pregnancy tests at the underground testing facility that they believe were being developed there. They were developing pregnancy tests and they were developing coronavirus tests. Were they using to spread the disease with these things? You're not going to know because watch, this story is going to get buried In lead in concrete and thrown in the ocean. Government investigators also found a COVID pregnancy test. Uh, uh, in addition to at least 20 stored infectious agents, including coronavirus, HIV, hepatitis, and herpes, the lab was run under a company called Prestige Biotech, unlicensed for business in California. President Zhao Lin Yao, said was a successor to the now-defunct company University Meditech Incorporated. However, officials dispatched address linked to the company's turned up at an empty office building or addresses in China that could not be verified. The months-long investigation resulted in early July in the proper disposal of all dangerous chemicals and substances, labeled and unlabeled, and while officials there note that a probe into the origins of the lab is ongoing, they claim people in the surrounding area are safe. Here's some pictures of the place. I'm going to play this video of it, but I'm going to say this. If they found one, there's probably a hundred that they don't know about.
8: I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this.
5: First at 11, this one is tough to believe. An investigation tonight into a possible illegal medical lab. It was operating out of an abandoned warehouse in Reedley. Inside... Mice bioengineered to incubate the COVID-19 virus. The lab was discovered near I and 9th Streets. 30 refrigerators and freezers, some broken, were found filled with bodily fluids. Health officials tell us they are shocked at the biological house of horror. CBS 47's Juanita Adame live in studio with the shocking details tonight.
8: Well, Brian, this story is so complicated. There are local, state, and federal agencies all involved. Now, what prompted this investigation was a simple garden hose that was illegally attached and coming out of the back of a building. It was back in, in, in April inside this abandoned warehouse in Reedley that a discovery so shocking was made that it left local health officials stunned. This is a, a truly unusual situation. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this.
5: I've never have seen this in my 26-year career with the county of Fresno.
8: What was supposed to be an empty building used only for storage was home to an unauthorized lab testing facility, something no one had even conceived of.
5: We um, reach out to our local local public health directors throughout the state, um, California, and there's really, nobody has really expressed this type type of interaction with a unlicensed lab, so it is something new.
8: The discovery was made after a local code enforcement officer noticed this garden hose poking out a back wall of the building. Frankly, uh, we knew that that shouldn't be there, and when she went to go investigate, she found that there was activity or operation or something happening within that building. The city then obtained several search warrants to enter the building. Once inside, no staff was located, but... There was a special room that was built housing about 1,000 mice, 1,000 white lab mice. And the reason the mice were in the lab was jaw-dropping.
5: Through their statements um, that they were doing some um, some testing on laboratory mice there that would help them support um, developing the COVID test kits that they had on site.
8: Documents show the lab was also being used to produce pregnancy tests. 200 of the nearly 1,000 mice were already dead. According to court documents, all the rodents were being caged in, quote, inhumane conditions. Also found thousands of vials, many of which contain biohazards, materials including human blood, unidentified tissue, and other unknown substances.
5: A lot of these are being classified under unknown chemicals. Labels had been removed from bottles, so there was only certain testing we could do to those chemicals.
8: According to court documents, experts determined that at least 20 potentially infectious, viral, bacterial, and parasitic agents were being stored inadequately, including E. coli, malaria, and The city of Reedley immediately called in the CDC, the FBI, the California Department of Public Health and the Fresno County
5: Department of Public Health. I think because of that swift action that that was taken, we really have been able to maintain public safety this entire time.
8: Over the course of several weeks, investigators figured out just what they were up against. And as of now, there are no more biologicals, there are no more mice, but they still will see us abating, um, you know, there's 30 freezers and fridges, there's medical equipment, there's all sorts of furniture in there. And so they'll still see some activity. Nothing hazardous at this point. Prado said the owners operated under the name Prestige Biotech, and so far they aren't saying much. Some of our other federal and state partners still have active investigations going, so I really can speak more to the building side of it. Now again, Reedley city officials emphasize that the lab had no city approval to operate.
0: All right, here's what we're not hearing from this. Where did they ever ship any of these pregnancy tests or COVID tests? Now, the United States government was giving free COVID tests out to everybody. Did they buy some at a questionable place at a discount in order to send everybody to? I want to know
8: and was supposed to be vacant investigators are working to figure out what to do next live here in the studio Juanita Adamas CBS 47 Eyewitness News
0: thank you Juanita thank you very much I'd like to thank Juanita I'd like to thank all of you guys for tuning in this morning we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. I'm going to dissect this video into the stories and post them back up on the web page i'm gonna get me a new chair because this chair keeps on sinking down so it looks like i'm at my daddy's microphone if you enjoyed the show you'd like to have us continue there is a there is a uh, sticker button right there you can hit that and make a donation if you'd like to or a super thanks our cash app uh, cash app dollar sign midnight radio 101 and i think we're the only show that i know of that gives Everything we have back to you. All the money goes into our radio, our music license, our music radio license, so we can play all the music that we want, all the music that you want. If you donate, that's where it goes. Anything over $20 makes you an executive producer, and you'll get called out on the next show uh, we do. On that note, if you would like... To request a song or make a dedication song to somebody, just go to our website, MidnightRad.io. There's a big red candy-like button in the middle of that page. You press it, and you can record your request or dedication. Until next time, have a great day and all my best. Oh, by the way, here in about 20 minutes, I'm going to be going live on our radio station. You can listen to it by going to our website, MidnightRad.io, or you can go to iHeartRadio. And you can look up Midnight Radio as a live station, and you can uh, follow that. You can also go to TuneIn, follow that. Or you can go to Amazon. Amazon. You can go on Amazon Echo. You can enable the Midnight Radio skill. Or you can go to the Google Play Store and download... The original Midnight Radio app, and we'll stream there. It's all free on all the devices. I will see you guys in a little bit, and I'll play some music. Somebody requested some blues, so I'll play some blues. Other than that, there is a iTunes. iTunes. There is a Netflix show, and that Netflix show is called The Midnight club i'll be playing music from the midnight club on midnight radio so check me out i'll be there in about 20 minutes until then all my best